Nick and Matt Jackson. You're listening to the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. Suck it! Welcome to an all-new episode of the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast, episode 98. Uh, the wrestling landscape keeps on going as we keep on talking about it. Uh, this is Corey Richmond, joined as always by Jason Brooks. Jason, we're one day away from Thanksgiving, meaning that uh, the ratings could only get worse, it appears, for the WWE as uh, they have Sheamus as their flagship champion right now, and a lot of injuries continue to build up. Jay, how you doing? And uh, you ready for a little wrestling talk on this uh, Thanksgiving Eve? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm doing okay. I don't know if the WWE is doing okay. Uh, looking at their ratings and their depleted roster, I mean, Corey, they're in trouble. And we're going to get into all this, but the WWE has a lot of issues they've got to work on. Uh, as we spoke about, you know, at the very top, we have a new champion. Last week we spoke about some of the ideas of what could or couldn't happen. Bella! I just had to say that, sorry. I'm sorry, I don't know what you just said. I, I, I blocked that out. And felt awful lot like, you know, schmoz. Um, but Sheamus is the champion. Roman Reigns held the title for just over five minutes in a cookie-cutter paint-by-number tournament, which Jason, I will give credit to, was quite right on pretty much everything. Uh, when it came to Survivor Series, starting off with uh, Survivor Series Team A beating Team B. Good call on that one. <laughs> I got that wrong. Just want to say. Um, you know, Survivor Series was a it was a show that was just basically there. They had, a, you know, your usual twist at the end to try to get people to talk, which I think once again got people talking about all the wrong things. Um before we get to Sheamus as our new champion, any quick thoughts on on Survivor Series? What you saw, what you liked, what you didn't like it? I mean, it wasn't a great show. I thought it was one of their worst pay-per-views in a while. I mean, I thought the show was... The Undertaker thing was fine. Uh, nostalgia and all that jazz. The main event match with Reigns and Ambrose was not great. Um, the semifinal matches were okay. The women's match, I thought, was not that good at all. I thought it was slow. I thought it was kind of a sloppy match. I thought they worked hard, but I didn't think it was a great match. Um, I, I thought it was a very weak show. I really did. And um, we're going to talk about the Sheamus thing, but that didn't light my world on fire either. I, I thought the semifinal matches were a little bit short because I thought they were going to make the final long. Um, but instead, they did. They did every every one of the matches was short, um, and that elimination match for it took forever. Why did it take so long? Why they have an elimination match for so long? It doesn't make it didn't make any sense to me. I mean, you know, it makes you wonder. Do they believe? <clears throat> I mean, you go from what one of two angles here. One, if we're going to do Reigns versus Ambrose down the line, you want to make it feel bigger and special, so you have the first match not as not as. Uh, Stand not to be as stand outish, I guess, as you would. Well, I mean, I mean make it feel special, Corey. They had a match for the WWE World Heavyweight Title. I, I mean, I, I don't really know how they can make it any more special. They had a match for the championship. Well, I mean, what else? What else are they going to do? True. I mean, I don't know. But or is it the idea that Roman Reigns they don't believe can can wrestle long matches? I mean. He's done it once. He's done it a couple of times. He had a match with Cesaro the other day on Raw. The match was 20 minutes long. And Cesaro, which we'll talk about a little bit later on, is now out four to six months. I'm not blaming him, but, you know, Cesaro had to carry his ass to to be credible. I mean, let's be honest here. We're not exactly seeing, you know, Bret Hart in the ring when we talk about uh, Roman Reigns. Not that we have to by any stretch. But, I mean, you wonder why why do everything they did in this lead-up if you're not going to go and pull the trigger with Roman Reigns. You know, I mean, I'll be the first one to say I didn't think Roman Reigns was ready to be champion yet. But it just feels like a wasted first title reign. And it's something that's forgettable. You want the guy's first title reign to mean something. It's kind of like, all right, it happened. 
we're guessing he's most likely going to win the title. I mean, at least I think he'll most likely win the title at TLC in a couple of weeks. But honestly, he just feels like another guy. I mean, we talk yeah. about this all the time with TNA and a lot less when it comes to ROH, but this 50-50 booking and the way that guys are put over and not put over, there are no, and I know I'm repeating myself a thousand times, but nobody feels like a star and you keep on going saying, you know how I feel when I watch all this stuff? And I don't usually say this. Maybe it's what they want. I can't wait for John Cena to come back because he's the only guy who feels like he matters. Nobody on this roster yeah. feels like they matter. Sheamus doesn't matter. Roman Reigns feels like just another guy who's got, you know, a good look and has some, you know, flashy moves, but yeah, I, I doesn't care. I, I disagree with that. They're, they're making Reigns. He's the, at the end of the show every time. He's the beginning of the show. They're making him feel like a guy. Um, they're absolutely making him feel like a guy. Now, everybody else in the roster, they make him look like Trump. Uh, you know, what we've been hearing from the Dave Meltzers of the world is that the reason why they didn't just give him the title is they wanted to manipulate the audience a little bit. Um, also, because Reigns is still getting booed, that was a factor, and they want the fans to really feel sorry for him. And that was a factor why they gave Sheamus the title. But to me, it doesn't make sense. The audience knows that he's the corporate champion. They know this. They know this is who the WWE wants to be the champion. So why not make him the champion with Triple H? Why not just do that? The, the, the thing is, so this is where the audience is. They have a bunch of kids, obviously, and a bunch of adults who watch this show. And they're on completely different playing fields. The adults know that Reigns is the corporate champion, and they don't want to see that. The kids are kids. They don't really give a crap. They all love John Cena anyway. So, and they like Reigns. And WWE, I get it. They think Reigns can be the moneymaker. And that's why they're building toward him being the guy. And it doesn't make sense for them to build toward someone else or to make him a heel because then they won't get the merchandise sales. They won't have their next flagship guy. They need a guy when Cena retires. They think Reigns is the guy. I understand that. The thing is, the audience is telling them that he's not. The audience is telling them the opposite. And he gets cheered in some crowds and then booed in other crowds. The audience is telling them that he is not the guy. From the ratings, from the crowd reactions, from all this. The audience is saying he's not the guy. Or we don't want him to be the guy or whatever. So I don't... Uh, Corey, I don't know. To me, this makes no sense. If they would have just given him the title, made him a heel, maybe he turns on Triple H at WrestleMania, and he becomes a babyface then, that would make sense. You could do that then. But the audience does not want to root for this guy. I know he got some some chance in Nashville. But did you see that on, on Sunday night, how awful that was? The crowd was so bad, so quiet. Now, they were bad for the whole freaking show, first of all. They were bad for the whole, except for the Undertaker. They were bad for the whole show. But they could care less that Reigns won the title. They could care less. And I think more of the audience is like that than less. They're trying to give us, they're trying to stuff this guy down our throats. I understand that. But it's not working. It is not working. So now we have Sheamus as the champion. This guy lost on the undercard. He hasn't won a match in forever. He's a, a basically a low-card guy right now. And now he's a WWE World Heavyweight Champion. When Sheamus went up to... When Sheamus and Reigns had an altercation at the beginning of the world, the fans were like, all right, let's go, Reigns. When Triple H went up to Reigns, the fans were going crazy. What does that tell you? What does that tell you about where... What the audience wants to see? They should have just given Triple H the freaking title. Made him the champion again. I think they, they are really in trouble, and they don't know what they're doing. I, I think they are trying to make Reigns the next John Cena, and the audience is rejecting that. Well, let me, let, let's me let ask you the obvious $64,000 questions they used to say back in the day. Do you think Reigns, push comes to shove, do you think Reigns has what it takes to be the face of the, the stupid phrase, the face of the company? Do you, yeah. believe, do you believe in Roman Reigns? Yeah. I mean, I think he is not great on the mic still, and he needs to get better. Um, but he still won't be the face of the company until Cena leaves, so he has time to continue to improve. I think his matches have gotten a lot better. 
I think he's charismatic. I think a lot of the audience does take to him. See, I don't see why he couldn't be the guy. I mean, but I mean, a lot of guys could be the guy. Dolph Ziggler could. I mean, there's a lot of guys that could be the guy, but maybe not anymore. Um, but sure, I think I think Reigns could be the guy. I think I, I see no reason why he can't be. Um, I, I see no reason why he can't be. Um, but again, we we talk about The Rock back in the day, how he was a baby face, and the fans rejected that, and he had to change his character up a little bit. I know this isn't the Attitude Era. I know things are different. But I don't know why they don't look at what happened with The Rock and look to try to do something different. Um, I, I, I know, I think that if WWE wasn't a big corporation with, you know, uh, that's a publicly traded company where they feel like they have to have a star for this, you know, for the people who buy their stocks and for that, those sort of things, I think they would have changed this. I think Reigns would be a heel right now. I think Cena probably would have been a heel, but they're a company that needs to make a ton of money, and they feel like Reigns is the guy who can do that for them. So they're going to continue to shove him down our throats until we give in, basically. I, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know if Reigns is the guy. I mean, I think Reigns has some very high good points. But I just don't know if, like, if I was starting a wrestling company today, I don't know if Reigns would be my first, second, or third choice to start the company. And well, you know, the, the question is, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. The WWE, whether we think he isn't or not, the WWE thinks he is. They think he is the guy. And does, and my thing is, it's not whether we think he is, it's whether the audience does. And I don't think the audience really does. Some of them do, some of them don't. Hey, I mean, it's scary, the idea of what's going on there right now. But let, let's get into the, the big story of the week. We had Reigns win the title. And unfortunately, uh, he wound up not leaving with the title. We, we have the, uh, the fourth reign starting of Sheamus. Oh, God. I, this, this is one of the few times where I wish we didn't have the video. I just was a... And audio only for not just you guys, the fans, because uh, I have to see the, the Sheamus pose every, like, three seconds from uh, from uh, from Jason Brooks over here. That's great, Jason. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, Sheamus starting his fourth term as champion. We'll go two ways. One, how long do you think he's going to keep the title for? I mean, I think this is a transition uh, title reign. I think it could be a one-month thing. And two, do you think Sheamus being... I don't even know if it's hated by the fans, but because of the gimmick he's doing right now, he does get a lot of heat from the fans. Do you think this can help Reigns in the short term with people who don't like Sheamus so much that they root for Reigns and maybe helps get Reigns over? I mean, so Sheamus definitely has that go-away heat, in my, in my opinion, where the fans just really don't care about him. Um, I, and I said this earlier, and, I, and I'll stand by. I did like the way they introduced him with the Daniel Bryan and Dolph Ziggler, um, that storyline going for the IC title. And I thought they were doing a good job with him. But he's really kind of been lost these last couple of months, especially since he won money in the bag. Um, I, I think he's fine. I think he's definitely a transitional champion. It's interesting that you say he's going to lose that TLC. But... I don't know if he loses it at TLC because what is Reigns going to do at Royal Rumble? Another rematch? I mean, I guess, but geez, who wants to see this headlining two pay-per-views in a row? Um, so, you know, that that's one issue. I definitely think he's a transitional champion. I agree with that. I Now, Reigns got a good reaction in Nashville um, on Monday. He got a very good reaction, probably one of his better reactions that I've heard in a while. And I think in these kind of smaller towns... Not Nashville's a small town, but in the non-big time, and I, you know, I know Memphis is a big wrestling thing with Jerry the King Lawler and things like that, but maybe maybe Nashville aside, in a lot of these towns, Reigns is going to do well. The more mid-market, you know, towns, he's going to do well. And the big markets, he's probably going to get booed out of the building. So we'll see. I don't know if Monday was any indication that Reigns will start to get cheered now that Sheamus is the champion. I'm not sure that that was a good enough gauge. Um, I'm not sure whether this Sheamus winning the title is going to help Reigns get cheered more. I don't know. 
I, 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 I just, if I had to guess, I'd say it won't. I think the, fan, the audience already feels a certain way about him, you know, a segment of the audience, and they're going to feel that way about him no matter what. And him getting screwed isn't going to help because everybody knows the WWE wants to make him the champion. So it's not going to help. I mean, it's just going to be, okay, he got screwed again. Okay, he got screwed again. The audience doesn't believe what the WWE is trying to tell him. That's the biggest issue. The audience doesn't believe it. And you know what? I, when you ask me what what's next, I think that Royal Rumble, your headlining match, like it or not, and the way that it feels like it's being booked, I think it's going to be Reigns either as champion or getting revenge because he got screwed again against Triple H. I think that's your wrestling. I think that's your Royal Rumble co-headliner with the actual Royal Rumble match. I think it's Reigns versus Triple H. I mean, if you look at the way that things have been going right now. <coughs> It almost feels like, okay, we had a story set up for Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins got hurt, so we're just going to stick whatever we were look like we were setting in plans with Seth. We're just going to put Roman Reigns in there. It looked like Seth Rollins was leading into a confrontation match against uh, Triple H. Now it looks like it's going to be Roman Reigns versus Triple H, just slotting him into that spot. You know, I mean. I think there's a lot more, and it's sad to say this, I think there's a lot more interest in Reigns versus Triple H than there is in Reigns versus Sheamus. I mean, I think... Yeah, I think it's not even close. I, I think it's not even close. I think that this match has been kind of skirted around for the last year last year and a half. I mean, not this year's SummerSlam, but last year's SummerSlam, it looked like they were possibly going in the direction of Reigns versus Triple H. And we went in, you know, different directions with injuries and everything else, which... So do you keep... So, do, so sorry to interrupt, Corey, but do you, do you think they keep... So they do do a Triple H Reigns thing, which I think does make some sense. You can't have Reigns at the title, so do you keep Sheamus with the title until then? I don't know if you can't have Sheamus. I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know if you can't have uh, Romans with the title. I mean, it could be the story of... They keep on trying to get people to be the face of the authority... And Triple H realizes the, the true face of the authority is Triple H. And he wants, you know, and the way to go and do that is for him to be the champion. I mean, we did have with the whole uh, Daniel Bryan thing, you know, basically two years ago at this point that we had the whole entire feud going into Mania. And he went and said, if I had beat, you know, Daniel Bryan, I'm putting myself in the world title match. So, I mean, there has been, you know, these little clues over the years that Triple H is so power hungry that... He wants, you either want someone to be his corporate champion or he's going to be the champion. So, I mean, yeah, at this point, should he be champion? No. At this point, should they had, you know, The Rock be a part-time champion or other guys who aren't full-time guys being champion? I mean, right now, who's more over right now? Triple H at age, you know, almost 50 or Roman Reigns at, you know, in his, in his mid-20s as a possible champion right now? Who do, you, who do you think uh, people are going to respond to more? I, I personally think right now, I'm not, I don't want to see it, but Triple H's champion, I think, is going to be will have more people more interested than Roman Reigns' champion right now. I, Corey, 100% agreed, and we've talked about it over and over. The guys from the Attitude Era are, are, are over, more over than the newer guys, except maybe the Dudley Boys, because no one cares about them anymore, apparently. But... Um, for the most part, these attitude errors, these main event attitude error guys come back and they're more over than these newer guys. They're made to feel more special. And Triple H has basically been the champion for the last, whatever, you know, uh, since, since, you know, WrestleMania. He's basically been the champion. So why not just have him continue with that? I think it's a good idea. I think um, we've, we speculated about the Seth Rollins Triple H thing for a while. Um, I, yeah, that's a good point. Maybe Reigns can win the title, and then it's Triple H says, I need to go after the title myself. The interesting thing is, and then, you know, after that, you spin it into a Brock versus Reigns thing at WrestleMania. So, if they do that, so, okay, let, let's go back. Let's say that's what they do. And they have, you know, Sheamus get beaten, obviously, and go back to being a mid-carter. Mm-hmm. They have Reigns against Triple H. Reigns beats Triple H, then Brock comes out and attacks Reigns, and they set up a Reigns-Brock-WrestleMania match. First of all, you're going to have to be careful with that because Brock is, people like him as a babyface, so they're going to have to figure out what to do with him. So that's an issue all by itself. 
Um, but say they do that. Will is that good enough? Will that be good enough to start getting the audience back to make Reigns seem like a main event guy? Is that enough? Or do you think he should not? What are your thoughts on that? Is is that enough for the audience for 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 the good graces of the, of, of the fans to come back to the to watch the to product and those sorts of things? Well, I because think as we could, because as we saw and, and just so you guys know, and I, I think we did mention this. 2.964 million viewers, the lowest, uh, non, the newest non-holiday record low. The first time the, um, it's been under 3 million since they worked three hours in July of 2014. So it's been three years since they've had under 3 million viewers. They did on Monday. Um, it was a pretty, um, so, you know, I, there's some issues there. Can they get that audience back? Because they're starting to lose them, I think. I, well, you know what? When we were doing our uh, our test to make sure that we sounded as good as we usually do, which may not be always great, but whatever, uh, you you said some magical words there. You said, you know what? If Raw keeps on going the way it is, maybe not reach 100 shows. I mean, Raw's been pretty, you know, lackluster, to say the most. And you could only blame it so much on, you know, injuries and everything else going on. But um, I think that the... I, I don't even know if the money match is Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar too. I mean, you would think the way that it was from last year that they might be able to do that, you know, now. But I don't really know what you can do with Roman Reigns, what you can do with this title, with all the injuries to make things work. I mean, I think you really got to think about maybe bringing up some of these NXT guys, freshen up the product. I think you got to – I know that doesn't help the world title scene, but – Maybe you got to put, you know, John Cena back in that conversation. I mean, maybe John Cena has to be, you know, he's supposed to be back, you know, uh, at the at the Madison Square Garden show in December. I mean, may, maybe you hold him out a little bit longer. He's a surprise entrant at the Royal Rumble. He wins the Rumble, and you make everybody crazy of the hardcores, and you have Cena versus Roman Reigns for the title, and you hope that one of these guys gets cheered. I mean, I don't know what to do at the moment because – I don't think they know what to do. I don't know what the right answer is. But Sheamus well, isn't well, the right well, answer. Yeah, I mean, we, and the other thing, and, and, and we may have mentioned this, according to Figure Four Online, a lot of the matches for WrestleMania were set in stone. And now with the Rollins injury and them deciding to give the title to Sheamus, things have changed a lot. And they're not even sure. WWE isn't even sure what the matches are going to be heading into WrestleMania. So they're scrambling. So... The, the fact that you said you don't think they know what they're going to do next, I they, they don't know, apparently, according to Figure Four Online, Brian Alvarez and Meltzer. According to them, they don't know what they're going to do, to do next. And with the Sheamus thing, they were kind of up in the air about it, even um, as close as Sunday morning. They weren't sure what they were going to do with him. So now you have this lame duck guy as a champion that nobody cares about. And I know that the ratings usually dip this time of year anyway because of the holidays. But, I mean, Corey, this this is just a bad guy to have as champion. And I understand in three weeks you have TLC, and then maybe after that you give him the, you know, give Reigns the strap. But nobody cares about Sheamus at all. Nobody cares about him. And for them to give him the title just – when their ratings are this low, to then give him the title, you're not going to make the audience care about watching this show anymore. If you're if you're saying our show ratings wise is based off of the standard bearer, meaning based off of the champion of the company at the time, they're giving a belt to a guy that nobody cares about. They haven't made Sheamus relevant to the audience in years, and now they're giving him the belt. It doesn't make any sense to me. I don't care that they're trying to play games and manipulate the fans, make people feel sorry for Reigns. I I understand that. But they're giving someone a belt who is completely irrelevant to the audience. The only thing they chant is, you look stupid. That's it. He has go-away heat. And they're giving him the belt when they have record low ratings. The, the two don't make sense to me. Hey, let's, and one of the biggest supporters of the company, I don't know if you got a chance to read this or not, but CBSSports.com, who I guess for some reason is cares a little bit more about wrestling these days, 
they put up one, you know, one of these puff piece articles uh, trying to promote things. But they, one of the headlines was Mick Foley is leaning towards watching Monday Night Football each week and no longer watching WWE Raw. And we've spoken about this on and off for, you know, since, you know, episode, most of the episode one of this podcast that during football season, we, we, you know, there's a lot of times we watch on the DVR because it's just football is, you know, more interesting. I know it's only 16 games, 17 weeks, but it's just like when you have somebody who's been one of the biggest names in that company for the last 20 years is saying that he's getting used to watching Monday Night Football again, that's not a good sign, you know? I mean, I know that Mick Foley is just, you know, who's Mick Foley at this point? But I think that matters when the, the people who support your product are getting frustrated by what's going on with the product so much. And I really wonder, by putting the title on Sheamus and with Cena out and all these other things, are they just giving up until football se- until Monday Night Football season's over? And, may, you know, Jay, should they? I know you got the network. I said every week people are paying for your product. But at this rate, should they just say, let's ride this out, it's not going to be great. The ratings might tank even more. But let's hope the idea that once Monday Night Football is done and we get into the push for the Royal Rumble, people are going to come back. And let's not go crazy. And let's have let's let football do what football does, which is dominate. And we'll deal with this once football is over. See, I think I completely disagree with you. Because this is a lot more than just about football. So I'm going to read you a little bit about what Mick Foley said, because he, he, he wrote a whole thing out, I don't know, on Twitter or his blog. Uh, Facebook. Yeah, Facebook, okay. I'll just read a little bit about what he said. I don't want to read the whole thing, but I'm one of those people on the verge of becoming a former WWE fan. I'm tired of being told through Raw SmackDown and pay-per-views that the WWE superstars I have rooted for, from Ziggler to Shazaro to Kevin Owens, aren't top stars. No matter how strong strongly the crowd reacts and see no matter how strongly crowd reactions seem to disagree i'm tired of the nxt stars getting their big break in the wwe just to be treated like jokes um and he goes on to talk about the women and, and how he thinks they're not being um looked at favorably and specifically sasha and becky um and he's right he is correct he, we've talked about the, those specific guys, Cesaro, Owen, Ziggler, forever, and how the audience reacts strongly to them, and the WWE doesn't seem to care. And that's what we're doing here. And we've done that for so long, and we've beaten these guys down so long. The Zigglers, all these guys, Owen hasn't been there that long, but the Cesaros, and, and specifically Ziggler, where the audience doesn't care that much about them anymore. They don't care about them. I was thinking about this the, the other day while, while looking at The Undertaker and his domination over the years. He's always been a guy. He's he's always been a big-time main event guy. That's why he's still where he is. He wasn't losing at the beginning of Raw. He's always been a big-time main event level guy. He didn't have the world title a lot. That usually was between Austin, Rock, and, and Triple H. But he always was still looked at as a main event level guy. They, they haven't built guys, and, and this is what we get. We get one guy who's supposed to be a star, who the audience doesn't take seriously, and then a bunch of mid-carters. That's what Raw is now. It's a bunch of mid-carters and one guy who the audience doesn't seem to take seriously as a main event guy. And who the hell wants to watch that? Like, who wants to watch a bunch of mid-carters wrestle? Who wants to watch that? Nobody. It doesn't... So... That's their problem, and it doesn't seem like they're, they're they're liable to fix it anytime soon. And now one of the lower mid-carders is the freaking champion of the company. He's the champion of the company, and he hasn't won a match in forever. And he's been a complete jobber for, for months, and he's been irrelevant for years. And he's the champion now? You know what they say, you know, good publicity, you know, Bad publicity is better than, you know, no publicity. I guess it's not saying that mostly perfectly, but, you know, no. You want to be spoken about, and they, you know, they had the book Controversy Creates Cash right now. The things that they're doing. It's not working. They got less than three million people to watch. The controversy, it's not working. They're not, people aren't watching the show. They're turning it off. 
they're not they are complaining about it and then they're not watching that that's the problem it, it, it's not like they did some you know even the paid charlotte thing is as gross as that was it, it that's not actually going to hurt their ratings people are just going to be kind of annoyed about it nobody wants to w- look at this guy as the champion of the company it's absurd to me i know he's buddies with triple h i get it i think sheamus is good in the ring i think he's not terrible on the mic i think he's okay but that's it he's okay and I don't want a guy who's okay as the as the the champion of, of the company that I watch, of, of the wrestling company I watch. It doesn't make any sense. I agree. I totally agree. Um, I'm going to disagree with you on one thing, which just backtracking for one second because we're going to move on from the Sheamus thing. Uh, I actually my favorite my favorite match from the pay per view, and it was mostly because I wasn't watching with sound the first time I saw it. But I really did enjoy the Charlotte Flair page match. I thought that was the best match on the show. But when I watched it again with, you know, the fans and everything, uh, that sh- the fans couldn't care less. And I'm just wondering, as much as we care and Sierra Reed, who does a great job of following women's wrestling, cares about this, I just honestly don't know, unless you're in full sale or it's one of these smaller venues... Are people ever really going to give women's wrestling a chance? Because I, I really, I thought that the match was good. It wasn't great, but I thought they had some good stuff going on in that match. I thought the match on Monday was good. I mean, I thought Becky Becky Lynch and Pay, and um, Sasha Banks, which went you know a full four minutes, unbelievable that was. I thought that was pretty good, but the fans just don't care, and I'm just wondering. Is there anything they can do? We can go beat our chest and say how good, you know, Bailey is on NXT and how they're getting 30 minutes, you know, classics there. But is it is there anything that they can do to to equate one to the other? Because as much yeah. as they like, you know, chanting, you know, we want Sasha, Sasha's in a match of four minutes and they do a couple of chants, but they really aren't into anything. And you're having when you have the... Well, why, hold on, Corey, why is that? Hold on, why is that? Why, why were they not that into Sasha... And the, even though they were chatting her name, what do you think the reason for that is? Because they're treated as, I think they're treated as second class citizens. I think that. There you go. There, there you go. So that's not about the women and whether they're going to get over. It's about whether the WWE is going to let them take the ball and run with it. That's what it's about. This isn't, they've treated the women like a joke since Lita and Trish left 10 years ago or 15 years ago. Now they're trying to do something with them. But it's only been since freaking July, essentially. Um, on NXT, it's been longer, obviously. But it's only been since... I mean, they had Nikki Bella as a champion forever. And the women's division, I think, was the worst it had been since... I since I started watching wrestling years ago. Well, they didn't do so much with the women in the 80s, as much with the women in the 80s. But once they started doing more things with them, I think maybe this is one of the worst errors in women's wrestling that we've had. With Nikki as a champion. So now we're trying to completely reverse course on that within just a few months. You have Sasha Banks, barely on the show. She should be out there every week, Corey, cutting promos. Every week she should be out there cutting promos. Um, You know, Becky, have her doing stuff. Have her highlighting what she's good at. You know, the in-ring stuff. Have the women highlight what they're strong at and emphasize those points. Same thing with the men. I mean, we have the same problem with the men. The men are all mid-carders, and that's what they're doing with the women. You know, they're not making the audience care about them. So will the women get over at some point? I have no idea because I don't know if the WWE is willing to let them go go there. Now, as far as the reaction for the Paige-Charlotte match, listen, they the audience didn't care about anything on Sunday night. I mean, that was one of the worst crowds. It was a horrible crowd. So I, I'm not going to necessarily kill them, you know, kill the women on there. Because I think they did get a decent reaction on Raw on Monday. Um, I personally just didn't like the match on Sunday. I thought it was sloppy. I didn't think it was a great match. I thought it was kind of slow. Um, and I don't think they did a good enough job of getting the audience into the match, by the way they told the story. So that was my thought about that. But I, I think, you know, maybe they can. I mean, they're trying to do something with this Paige Charlotte thing, apparently, and that's a feed that seems like it's going to go on a little bit longer, so we'll see. Um, I think eventually they're going to position Sasha to go for the title, which, I mean, makes the most sense. 
Um, and I think once they do that, if they start positioning Sasha as a per, as a main event person in the women's division, meaning have her out there longer than four minutes, have her cut a promo, have her win consecutive matches. I don't know. Other than Charlotte, has any of the women won two matches in a row? I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I, every time Becky wins, or Sasha wins, or Brie wins, or Nikki wins, so they're not. They're not letting the audience care about these characters because of the way they book them. Yeah, but last thing on this, because we'll, we'll move on to some other stuff, but you have that, uh, the rematch on Monday, which you, I agree with you. I thought the crowd was pretty good for most of the night on most things. But 30 seconds into that match, you have starting, and this is the tall tale sign that a crowd does not care, is when you start hearing chants for JBL. And then you start hearing chants. I mean, you didn't, I didn't go into, you know, Michael Cole, and what they usually, it's like all the different names of people who don't, aren't the company anymore, but that's usually your first telltale sign that the fans don't care when they start chanting for the announcers. You know, when they're trying to get their recognition for being JBL, you know, and wave his hat or whatever. I mean, I just don't know what this company can do to go and change the opinion of the fans who have, you know, like I said, like you said, they've been treated like second class citizens. The fans have been burned in the past caring. But you know what? If you're if the fans aren't going to give these people give these female wrestlers a chance, I don't know how long you can continue to do this divas revolution or whatever you want to call it. If the fans, the second they walk out there, are already deciding that it's still the bathroom break of the, of the show. But McCoy, I, I hear you. But I think it's a culture thing. I think they need to change the culture on how the women are looked at. It can't be one woman changing it or two women changing it or this or that. It's got to be a, a shift of the way they have the audience look at the women. They need to completely change the perception. And the problem is stuff like last Monday with what Paige said is still this type of stuff they're going for. There's still the sensationalism. And when you keep, if that's what they set the culture for, for the women's division, then that's what it's going to be. You know, the way the title is portrayed on NXT is a completely different way than the Divas titles portrayed on Raw. Um, and so that that's, you know, that's really what, what's going on, and that's really the issue. And so until they change the culture on how they view the women, you know, how they make the women look to their audience, then they're always going to be looked at as a joke. Why would you look at them as anything else? Um, we obviously watch NXT, we think they're spectacular, but we've seen them portrayed as serious characters. That's why we like them. That's why we want to see them do well. Now they're on Raw, and they're, you know, uh, they're, they're what they are. So we'll see what the WWE decides to do. But if, if the culture doesn't change, then yes, there's going to be people taking bathroom breaks and chanting JBL during the matches. This may not be the week to go talk about how great NXT is when it comes to women, because uh, I don't know if you realize it or not, but you know, what know. Our, you know what our main I event know. is uh, for NXT I tonight? I know, I know, I know, I, I, I know, I know. <laughs> Bailey versus Eva Marie. That's I know. going to be a not a five star classic. I know. <laughs> Bailey can carry it to a good match. I hope you're right, or at least I hope it's short. Um, but, you know, we talk about this a lot after pay-per-views. What do you do to rehab some of the guys that either looked, you know, got buried at the pay-per-view? Maybe buried is the wrong word, but who didn't look great, who lost, what they going to do with them next. Now, do you think the uh, the Wyatts versus the Dudleys, do you think that continues for a couple of weeks, maybe into the next pay-per-view with the maybe some sort of tables match? Or do you think this was a one-and-done type of, let's just get the Wyatts back over by destroying a team? Man, Corey, I don't know what to do with the Wyatts. I mean, they have... Bray has looked so bad for so long. When are they getting out of beating the poor old Dudley boys up? I mean, um, I mean, is that going to be it now? Is Bray in a tag team? I mean, is that what we're doing here? Um, I don't know. I don't know what they do there. Um, I think whatever they do, it's going to have to be a winning feud for Brett Wyatt. I think he has a win at the next pay-per-view. So more than likely, they'll give him an opponent that, you know, maybe the fans look at as serious, but maybe, you know, isn't necessarily a serious contender for anything. 
and I'll have Bray beat up on them. And the Dudley boys would be kind of a perfect, perfect uh, uh, pair yeah. in that scenario because they're still relevant to the audience, but they're not really that relevant in terms of the title chase anymore. So we'll see. Maybe they'll feed into those guys. And you know what? You just you said something that's kind of interesting. <clears throat> when you need to go and get a guy back over and try to rebuild him up. Is it the worst thing in the world for a little while to go and maybe strengthen your taking division and have Luke Harper and Bray Wyatt as a team? I think they work pretty well together. I mean, I think that maybe the best thing to happen to Bray Wyatt is for him to maybe take for a little while, just to go and maybe get the bad taste of the Undertaker stuff out of the way. And then maybe in a couple of months, he feels like something more special as they have some sort of, not saying they win the titles, but they have some good matches and some good feuds against maybe the Lucha Dragons and the Usos and some other these teams that may or may not exist right now, maybe that may not be the worst thing for Bray Wyatt. And maybe it gives Luke, Luke Harper a chance to shine because, you know, Luke Harper is a guy that we all love and think has a lot of ability, but basically is, you know, the full guy in uh, pretty much every match he's in. So what do you think about that? Do you think having the – I know you said it kind of passingly, but having the Wyatts in a tag team for a little while might help Bray in the long term. Yeah, that's not a bad idea, Corey, at all. I think that's something that could work. I think it's something that could definitely help Bray. Um, I, I just don't want them a part of this kind of... They need to be like a monster tag team. I don't really want them in this, oh, we don't know, you know, the 50-50 booking of the tag team division. They need them to be a monster team. Maybe they don't win every time, but they rarely lose. They need kind of one of those one of those things. So if they do that, then I think that might be a good move for Bray. But if they kind of get lost in the whole tag team division shuffle, um, I think it could definitely hurt them. So depending on how they book it, I think it could be an interesting move for him, I agree. Uh, moving on to another guy who lost at the pay-per-view and they did something kind of, I don't know if it's even interesting, but just weird. Uh, we had the whole Mark Henry versus uh, Neville match, which seemed very awkward, and it was like, what are they doing here? I mean, I know Mark Henry is basically just a guy now who will help maybe try to put some of the younger guys over, but it felt like a very weird story they were telling with Neville, you know, being the underdog, but beating him clean, and then Mark Henry being like, you know, the good old happy guy who says, good job by beating me. I really see a lot in you. I mean, and then we have The Miz looking backstage. Do you... What did you think of the whole Mark Henry Neville thing? Did you think it was weird like I did, or was it just two minutes of the show and you moved on and you really even think about it afterwards? Probably that one, really. I mean, Mark Henry, we know his time with the WWE is coming to an end. Um, I think a little bit after WrestleMania is when his contract expires, so he doesn't even have that much longer, so nine months, something like that. And he wants to retire. He wants to put these guys over. I think, if, if, as you see from these interviews, he's like a pretty good guy. And I think he just wants to help the younger guys and put them over. And if they can put someone in the spot to basically be the jobber for the young guys and he can do that, the audience still takes him seriously. He's not obviously what he used to be, but the audience still looks at him as like a guy. And if he can help put some of the younger guys over, I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I, I don't think it's a bad thing at all. Uh, I guess we'll have one more guy who, uh, team or entity that lost and what they did to follow up. New Day, once again, being very funny. I don't know if it draws money or not, but being very entertaining on Monday with the... I thought I thought it was too long, Corey. Yeah, go. I, I, thought, they talked, I thought they talked for freaking ever. It was... I, I thought it was actually one of their worst promos that they've had. It was so long, and they kept repeating themselves. And I know they needed to have them out there. But By the way, they're carrying the WWE in certain instances. I mean... Every week they're out there cutting a relatively long promo and then wrestling a match. But um, I thought on Monday it was they were they were funny, but it was a little bit too long in my opinion. Now, do you have any interest in a uh, a three way match at mostly TLC with the Lucha Dragons and the Usos, or is everything so stale and taking vision right now that it's just another match and you just uh, wait and see mode? Um, I think it could be a fun match for sure. Um, I think that. Um, the Usos, you know, the Usos are good. The Lucha Dragons are good. And New Day is good. And I think New Day can help the other two because they're not, you know, so good in the mic. And I think New Day can kind of help them. Um, the, the Lucha Booties and the Us Owls. So I think uh, 
I think they can really help carry those guys on the mic. And um, I think it would be a really, really fun match because all three tag teams are very good in the ring. And you know what? I, I think, like I said, I, I think TLC will, just like all these pay-per-views, will most likely look like crap on the way in and most likely will be good in-ring products. Even though I think TLC has a better chance of being good than, than Survivor Series. I think Survivor Series sucked. We've been saying for a while how, you know, these pay-per-views don't look good going in, but they end up, you know, coming out okay. I don't think Survivor Series came out okay. I thought it sucked. I was falling asleep during it. I thought it was boring. I didn't think it was exciting at all. We knew what was going to happen. It was paint by numbers. I think CLC has a chance to be more exciting than um, than Survivor Series for sure. And, you know, let me add one more in here because I thought about this as we were talking. Can they... Can they figure out what they want to do with Tyler Breeze? I mean, I know it's only been a couple of I weeks. I told you they should not have him on run. Told you. It's just like, this, did he have to lose again? I mean, I know that you, you're more on, and I know I harp on this all the time, and you tell me I'm crazy, but to me, wins and losses, they may not matter in who gets title shots and this and that, but I really do believe when you look at guys, if they always lose, you don't view them as stars. And I know we wanted the pay-per-view, and you know what? I would consider that one of the worst matches on the pay-per-view. There was no heat. It felt like an indie-rific type of match you would have seen at, you know, some rec ball center. It didn't feel like a WWE quality pay-per-view match. And I don't know, I mean, he won well, the gave it like three minutes. I mean, they gave the match three minutes. Yeah, it was just they like, rushed it on. They should have kept building that match to TLC. Don't even have it going to pay-per-view. Have them other matches be longer. Let let the audience breathe with these guys. Let the audience. I know you need to put the guys out there. I know they need to be on all these shows. I get it. But let the audience breathe for a little bit. Have Breeze just come out there and cut a promo on Ziggler for three minutes about how he's better. Or whatever they want to have him say. And then have Ziggler come out and attack him. That would have been a much more effective way to further a storyline than just have Breeze win. doesn't make any sense. And I've told you this before, and I've, I've said this every week, and I'm going to continue to say it. He should not be on the wrong. He, he is not being highlighted. He's not being looked to be special. He is already in that mid-lower card thing. He's already there. That's where he is. He's in with the Zigglers and the Owenses and those guys. And I'm not saying that they're that they're bad, but they don't. None of them stand out. They're not making any of them stand out. So neither is Breeze. He'll have a nice career. I think he'll be fine. I don't think he'll be released or anything. But that that's where he's gonna be. And so I don't know. I I, I don't even know why he was in that match. They could have put anyone in there. Put a Slater in the match to lose. Put anybody in there to lose. Why do you have a guy who just debuted a month ago? Losing in these matches, being made look like a chump. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense to me. Hey, look, look how, you, you just brought up his name, look how depleted the roster is. We actually saw Heath Slater on Monday Night Raw for like the first time in, you know, like what, seven months or something? So, I mean, this roster is really depleted. We see Jack Swagger back. We see a lot of guys that it doesn't feel like they deserve, not deserve, but really feel like they should be on the main roster right now when you have guys in NXT you think could help build this product. And I know they keep on saying NXT, and that's, I know that's mostly not the solution for everything, especially if you're going to treat them like Tyler Breeze right now. But let's let's get into quickly the, the latest injury uh, going on with the company. We have our, maybe our favorite wrestler right now in rings, Antonio Cesaro, is going to be out four to six months. Another guy who looks like there's no chance he'll be there for WrestleMania. The list of the DL continues to uh, increase. This is just getting really sad, really bad. I mean, you hope for, you know, a major recovery quickly, but Cesaro is just another guy who's going on the operating table, and you wonder how many guys you can have get hurt before this product just, not tanks, but, you know, Vince McMahon realizes something has to change. Because there's nobody, there's more guys on the regular Raw roster that are hurt right now than are healthy. Yeah, I mean... This is the thing, right? It's wrestling. It's a very physical, physical, uh, I don't know you want to call it a sport or whatever. But it's, it's very physical. And these guys get hurt. I mean, that's the nature of the business. And so they're going through a string of some bad injuries, some long-term bad injuries from guys who they really rely on. 
And Cesaro is not necessarily a guy they rely on to cut promos or main event, but he is a guy that they rely on um, to to wrestle good matches every week on Raw or SmackDown, indoor SmackDown. We love Cesaro. We hope that he's okay. Um, they're saying he may miss WrestleMania. He may not. That's up in the air. But I think Cesaro's great, and hopefully he recovers from the shoulder injury, and maybe they realize, oh, man, he was pretty good. Maybe when he comes back, we should do something with him. So, um, and as far as the state of the roster, we've talked about that. I mean, they they still have enough guys, Corey, and I think that's the one thing. They still have enough guys. It's what they they choose to do with said guys. We'll see. I mean, we we I mean, nice little surprise. But I mean, if this roster wasn't as bad as it is right now, I don't think we see Goldust at the, you know return at the pay per view. I mean, he looked great again. I mean, he for a guy who's almost fifty, he. Maybe it's because of the, the face paint and everything, but he, he looked good again. I mean, I I just don't know what they're going to do. I mean, like I said, you have so many guys that are hurt right now, and you said earlier they have no idea what they're going to do with this WrestleMania lineup. I think there's a reason why. When there's at least five or six guys you could think of that aren't going to be at WrestleMania that if you were penciling in for a card, they would have been there, you know? I mean, yeah, we had Russo, Rusev come back on, on Monday. But, you know, it's, this is just like, I never say this, but I really am, feel like, you know, we got to start counting down the days until Cena comes back. Because they need something. They need a spark. And if the book is going to be as bad as it is, you need a star. And Cena's your star. And I hate saying it because I think he gets thrown down our, our throats so much. But, but Corey, you know, what happens when Cena leaves? We need, Les- we need Lesnar. But, Corey, what happens when Cena leaves? What happens when he's a part-time guy? What are they going to do? We keep talking about this guy's hurt. Why? This guy's hurt. Why? What's going to happen when 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 Cena retires? Fine. They're trying to do. They're trying to build Reigns up. The audience is not buying it. What are they going to do? They question. don't know, and that's the biggest problem. But you know who's going to be the one to turn everything around? Max America, Zeb Coulter, and Delio. Talk about gimmicks that are just in the toilet. And I know I'm being a little negative, and I apologize to the listening audience this week. But that Zeb Coulter, this Zeb Coulter, who who thought of that storyline? This is the worst. This is one of the worst storylines I've seen in a long time. Like, it is. What is the point of this? They have their own country and in which they rip Mexicans and Americans. What what is the storyline? What is this? What can you make any sense of this to me? Now I I don't mind that Swagger's involved, quite frankly, because I like Swagger. I've always liked him. I think he's a guy who's a useful hand. But can you can you explain to me what this storyline is? What Max America is? What the point of this is? You bring back this Hispanic Latino star who the audience still likes, and you bring him back as a heel. I guess. Can you explain this to me? Because the audience had there's no crowd reaction, by the way, to 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 them on Monday. They the crowd couldn't give one iota. So you tell me, make sense of this to me, Corey. Well, I think we all know that this is just the WWE trying to go and take things that are in the headlines and feel socially relevant. Well, not socially relevant, but be relevant. Of you know, we have the whole entire thing with Donald Trump and. You know, legal immigration. So we're going to try to go put a spin on it and make it, you know, something that maybe we get a little thing about here. But I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't work. Del Rio, the minute it, Del Rio is, is one of these cases that when he's in the WWE, his character just doesn't feel like it works. And when he's when he's been on the independence as a babyface, it's worked. You know, great. Why, I mean, why is that? Why is that? Because I think that there's a very big disconnect in the in. WWE, a.k.a. the 70-year-old plus Vince McMahon, who doesn't get the idea that a Latino wrestler can just be a Latino wrestler. He doesn't have to go and be all these bells and whistles of this guy has to be the arrogant guy who, you know, hates everybody. You have him in Lucha Underground. You have him in uh, AAA. He's a star, and he feels like he's important. He feels like you have somebody who's special. WWE doesn't make anybody special, and they feel that, you know, that these guys are just, you know what it is? It almost feels like these 
wrestlers and anything you want to put it, they're like pieces on a chessboard. And Del Rio is just a pawn that you're going to give up in order to take another piece down the line. In order to get, you know, this guy's uh, queen in the long run, you got you got to give up a couple of pawns. And Del Rio is basically, when it comes to the WWE, he's a pawn in a game that has guys who they care about a lot more. They may say they want a Hispanic star, and maybe La Sombra may be the, the guy somewhere down the line, but I just don't believe they believe that Del Rio is is worth their time as a babyface. They don't think he's a babyface. And we see everywhere else where he goes, he's a huge babyface. He's a star. His name actually means something. The WWE, the one place it should mean more than anything else, it means nothing. But why not go back, even if they want to make him a heel, fine. Why not go back to the heel that he used to be? You know, where he was the, the, the rich guy who was better than everybody. Why not just do that? But Maxi America, it's, it's just the dumbest, it's the dumbest thing. The audience is confused with what the hell it is. They don't care. It's, oh my God. Oh, Corey, it's, oh my, I don't even know what to say with, with this product at this point. I don't know what to say. I, I think this Del Rio stuff is awful. I think it's awful. I agree. I don't even know what to say about this. And I think WWE is in a in a bad place right now. You know what? Anything could happen. We could have some big storyline that happens, you know, at TLC or at the Royal Rumble that will ignite our, our passion for the business again. Not trying to sound like, you know, CM Punk or anything here. But uh, they have to do something. And, you know, they can do something on Monday... Or they can do nothing and continue to be the way they have been. I mean, I don't know what the answer is. That's not what our job is to figure out what the answer is because we'd, we'd be writing for the company if we did. Um, but I think there's a lot of problems right now. I think that the WWE has to figure out what they are right now I, and what, what their goal is. And you know what? Their goal right now seems very murky, to say the best. You know, it's, it's not a clear picture. You wonder if they can figure out... This is, you know, we say this almost every year. Will Vince McMahon be able to figure out by the Rumble, Royal Re- WrestleMania time, what the story is supposed to be? And I'm, you know, he's done it for year after year, but it, especially with the injuries right now, and I keep on saying the injuries, I don't know what the what his ace in the hole is. Is his ace in the hole Brock Lesnar coming back at the Royal Rumble? Is his ace in the hole, you know, John Cena coming back at the end of the year? Is his ace in the hole, you know, bringing up a... Uh, a Finn Balor, or Sami Zayn, or somebody in NXT, you know, an Apollo crew to help maybe something with the uh, minor as a big time minority superstar. I mean, I don't know what the answer is, but I mean, they've got to figure it out soon because we keep, you know, we were talking about this, like you know, what in July? It's the almost the end of November. We're getting we're a lot closer to WrestleMania now than we are to, you know, SummerSlam or some of these other events. WrestleMania, which is the big show, which they got to fill 110,000 people in that, or whatever it is that number is, in, in Dallas, Texas. The way the product is going right now, the WrestleMania name alone isn't going to fill that place, you know? they got to do something that sparks the audience. What that is, I don't know. Yeah, they have to elevate somebody, and, and you know, we'll, we'll see if they're able to do that. I, I don't know. Uh, you know what, on that note, uh, unless there's another major topic you want to talk about this week, I think we nailed on a lot of good things. Uh, Jay, you want to let people know how they can find out about our, our great sponsor during this Thanksgiving you know, time of year and uh, how they can go and be part of the show? Sure. I just want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving for sure. It's a, a tremendous holiday uh, for those who celebrate it. Um, and with Black Friday, with the holidays coming up, you might be looking for an item for uh, someone you love or care about, I suggest Punch Apparel, Clothing That Rocks. www.punc.co. It's type in shoot all in caps at checkout, and you'll save 15% off. Shipping is also free worldwide. They have sweaters, T-shirts, all those types of, types of things on their website. So please check it out. Type in shoot at checkout and save 15% off. Um, in order to get a hold of me or Corey, you just type in on Twitter at worked shoot pod. Corey, his personal Twitter is at Paladin808. Get a hold of us. Tell us who the next star is going to be in wrestling, what they're going to do at this next pay per view, why the hell Sheamus is the champion, what the hell Max America means, 
any of those questions, we would love to hear on Twitter at WorkShootPod. Uh, also, we're on Stitcher and iTunes. Just type in the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. You have to type in the whole thing. Works, W-R-K-E-D. And, um, you know, add it to the list of favorites on Stitcher and subscribe on iTunes. Please leave a review on iTunes. That would help us out a great deal. And we're also on Facebook at the Work Shoot Podcast. And uh, as, another sh- as another episode comes to a close, we've got uh, episode 99 next week. And then we've got the big 100, which what that means, I have no idea yet. But, uh, Jason, thank you as always. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Uh, We will talk again next week. But before we go, I just want to go and let people know that as long as you have it, ROH uh, has a pretty big show that was on Sinclair this past weekend. But if you really don't want to watch Eve Marie versus Bailey, you know, as your only bit of entertainment tonight, you've got Jay Lethal versus Roderick Strong for the TV title. I heard it's supposed to be... A very good match. I haven't seen it yet. I'll hopefully be able to watch it while they're still on Destination America this week. But, uh, Jason, have a great Thanksgiving. Um, We'll talk again real soon. But for uh, Jason Brooks, this is Corey Richmond saying thank you as always for the support. We'll be back back next week talking more about the world of professional wrestling and seeing what's going on and maybe some of these other places like ROH and New Japan, maybe check in on them right now. So, Jason, the the floor is yours. Any final words for the fans? I think we're done here. See ya. Give me what it takes now.